Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of A Better Father. So I continue to try to figure out this parent thing and how to be better at it on a daily basis. And I get kind of caught up in kind of just the state of the world and where we're at and everything going on. And I just, like, it's hard not to try to figure out how we got here. Just societally the parents, the people who were in charge of the people who got us here, what they were taught, how we learn. And it just kind of plays in this loop in my head of just trying to figure out these little nuances because it's people, and I've said this before, but people like seem to forget that somebody that they don't like for whatever reason at 30, 35, 40 was once a kid. And then they I've heard that, like, well, now they're supposed to know better or whatever, but I'm like, no, that's what they learned. And it's like, and it's based off what they believe to be right or what they think they're doing is okay or they're lashing out because they didn't get the therapy they needed or whatever it is. But we just tend to forget that this hurt adult or this bad choice-making human being started somewhere. And that somewhere was an adult in their life. Like, Somehow there was an adult in their life and whoever that adult was or however they took on that responsibility of being the adult in this person's life failed them in some way, like without going into like all the things that could go wrong or how somebody could have a disease or a mental illness or whatever, like just on basic ground level, somehow this person got off track and somebody wasn't there to help course correct or give advice or teach them how to find advice or whatever like I was just asking a friend uh, who puts uh, her kid through uh, therapy and she's single digit number kid which my daughter is a single digit number kid at this point and I was just like do you think it's helping or like when you say like you know you're frustrated by this or that that your kid's doing or something that you wish was different or wasn't happening the way you wanted to or whatever. I was like, if you're putting your kid in therapy, like how do you think they'd be reacting if they weren't in therapy? And she gave me a really good answer. And I'll just sum it up by saying it was basically like at the base level, what I took from her answer was she's teaching her kid about self-care. So as she gets older, she's laying a foundation and groundwork to be like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. I know therapy is an option. I know that there's no, hopefully, like no stigmas or whatever for this kid because her mom put her in therapy at a young age and taught her this is normal to do. It is normal to seek this out. It is normal to just go talk to somebody who's not maybe somebody, who's not maybe somebody that you think you're supposed to talk to or you're told you're supposed to talk to and I think it helps too as a parent to not try to be something you're just not going to be to this person this little person which is everything you can't be the best friend and the teacher and the the person who punishes them or rewards them or does it but like and you're not always going to be there like one day you're going to be dead one day they're going to be off to college or a job or you know whatever and our job is to help teach them these tools and I just didn't process it that way with yeah part of the job of teaching them these tools or giving them the information to these tools is teaching them therapy as an option to make it a regular part of the conversation 
And that really stuck with me. And that's been, again, bouncing around in my head as I process all of this stuff and kind of look at the shape of our world, which, you know, some things are okay and some things are not. And as I process that and I asked her this question, well, I do my daily journals and part of my daily journal habit is reading from like three or four books, like one of those page a day type books where, you know, at the end of the year, you have 365 pages. And so every day I kind of read one of these pages and two of them are management books, page a day management books. And two of them are, or three of them are more of the, here's some quotes or things to reflect on type books. So before I get started on what I'm going to do next, I will just say like, I missed a couple of weeks because, um, my, not me as I've come to refer to her because, uh, you know, reasons, but got sick. And so then I got bonus days with my daughter because she actually did the right thing and was like, Hey, I'm sick. And you know, you should not, she should not be around me. And it's just, and I don't try to point that out of like, Hey, cause this has happened like three or four times over the last three years where her being sick has put me in a position to be able to have bonus time with my daughter based off, you know, the parenting schedule, which is amazing and awesome. And, you know, sorry, you keep getting sick, but, but I, without like my daughter made a comment about like, well, I've never had to miss days because you're, you haven't been sick. And I was like, well, I mean, it's some of it's happenstance, some of it's choices, some of it's like whatever, but you know, or luck. But I was like, I also like take care of myself and this is why I eat the way I do. And this is why I, you know, exercise not as regularly as I should be lately, but I do. But it's like, I try to take on these healthy habits so that I don't get sick. And it's really does like, that's kind of been my philosophy for a while, but it's also been my philosophy that I would lose time with my daughter if I made, if I were making bad choices. And again, I have not been perfect over the last couple of years as I navigate this and deal with all this stuff or whatever, but like the baseline of just like, okay, no matter what you're trying to figure out, no matter what you're going through, don't lose your health. Like, because then that's going to cost you time with your daughter. And, and that's a whole new perspective on it. And I'm glad I had a foundation laid for taking care of myself or being healthy or eating well and stuff, because it does keep me from losing time with my daughter, which is very important to me. And when it's happened three or four times with not me, it's, again, the differences my daughter has to deal with between these two houses is astronomical. And I do feel bad for her sometimes because she has to navigate this. And I just keep telling her like, you're going to watch these two households happen. And then you're going to make your choices based off that you're going to, you're going to have to process when you get older, which, which way you want to go when they aren't both being forced on you just because of the way your parents choose to live. And she is seeing somebody who gets sick a lot based off those choices. So anyway, and I do talk to her about how sugar lowers your immune system and you get sick, like you literally get sick more if you eat worse, like there are things to this. And so anyway, so then I kind of got, I skipped uh, recording this and then I kind of hit a bump there. So, but I think about this all the time and I think about what I can put out there, how I can put this information out there. So as I was reading today, and this is one of those kismet thing where I'm reading uh, one of the journals I read, the 365 calendar day type journals is A Carrot a Day by Adrian Gossick and Chester Elton, which I have talked about this before, which this was published like 15 years ago, some 2004. 
And then the uh, one of the other ones I'm reading is Robert Greene's The Daily Laws, which was published like two years ago. But these two days happened to line up, which kind of took me as one of those sign kismet things of you're supposed to, this is a good thing to try to talk about. So on February 11th from a care at a day book, People are afraid to risk in their jobs primarily because of fear that failure will bring some sort of reprisal or ridicule. When this atmosphere is present, growth and innovation are stunted. And then further down it says, I realize that people didn't make mistakes on purpose and that many times the mistakes were in an effort to succeed or simply trying to navigate uncharted waters. So... I found that people were so surprised and emotionally relieved that many times they actually cried when I gave them a reward. And this talks about rewarding people for their mistakes that are made with honest intentions, not just like being lazy or whatever. But when somebody goes out there with good intentions and tries to do something good and they make a mistake, instead of punishing them or firing them or making an example of how stupid they were, it's rewarded for pushing boundaries and for trying and really putting an honest effort into it. And as that relates to uh, parenting, I keep thinking about how we react to the to what our kids do or the choices they make. And they're experimenting and playing in this world and trying to figure out this world and if they're getting punished or yelled at or told they're wrong or told they're bad every time they try to push a boundary or every time they try to do something new or different or they're just ignored or they're thrown in front of a screen so the parent just doesn't have to deal with them, it's nicking away a little bit at a time at their desire to push boundaries, at their desire to try new things, at their desire to excel or exceed or or do whatever when whenever you do that you're told you're bad or wrong or you're punished or you're just you know told like I can't deal with this right now and you know thrown in front of a screen and just numbed out which is all that's doing is just numbing them out and just taking away any sort of desire to to learn this world and then we wonder and this is kind of pulls around to what I was talking about at the beginning we wonder why people kind of are the way they are as they get older because they were just told what they're doing is wrong, so just do what I do. And if what the parent is doing isn't good, that's what the kid's learning because they were punished for not doing what the parent did. And I think that's a cycle thing when some people are taught these bad things. So as we continue to navigate this whole parenting thing and being, and not just an example, but how we're reacting to what they do and trying to understand what the intention was by what they were doing, if they were just exploring in the world, then how we react to that, like, I go to the, because it's just kind of like an easy example for everybody without getting, like, controversial or whatever, but, it, like, our kids running in the road, our reaction to that dictates what happens next for them. Are they going to, and we don't always think about these things, but if they get yelled at for running, running in the road or told that they could die or whatever... And then we're trying to teach them how to ride their bike in the road. And they're just like, no, screw this. You just told me I'm going to die in the road. And now I'm sitting in the middle of a road on a bike where cars can come. Like we just don't think of those little moments or those little reactions to how we we talk to our kids or how we present ourselves to our kids or what we do to them based off the thing they did. Yes, it's bad to run in the road, but you don't scream at them. You don't yell at them. You don't say you could die and put the fear in them, which I think a lot of people do because it's better to have them 
fear the road and be alive than not understand it. But then we don't teach them about it. So then they just develop this fear of, yeah, no, you told me I'm going to die in the road. So I'm just not going to go in the road. And now you're trying to put me on a bike in the middle of the road. So I'm just not going to ride my bike. Like that doesn't make sense to me because you taught me this thing. And we don't think of our impact or the choices we've made that develop our kid to where they're at. So going back to the book, when they make mistakes, and I haven't done this, and this is why this is on my head, but it should be more of a reward system. It should be more of a, a praising them or standing out to them that what they did was good, not you know running in the road, but they were trying and they were experimenting. And then you can sit down, and if you're approaching it from a more calm focused understanding that they're just trying in this world then you're hopefully more likely to have a better reaction to it because yes running in the road is bad but your reaction could be much much worse and then the long-term damage of that is one of those things you can't always you know figure on so if you sit down and you talk to them say hey i get what you're doing and i get that you're exploring these are boundaries because of this. And then have a nice rational conversation and then explain to them like, hey, one day we're going to be in that road trying to figure out how to ride your bike, but you will be with me and I will we'll do this together and we'll keep a lookout and we're going to make it safe for you, but it's not safe to just run out in the road. It's not safe to just play in the road. And then just break it down for them. And do you have to do that three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve times? Maybe 20 times, possibly. But the one time you yell and the one time you beat it into their head and the one time you get them to understand and then you can say, look, they don't run in the road anymore. Cool. But what did you do to get that reaction? What did you get? What did you do to get them to understand that? And then what is the long term effects of that? So when parents and this still bugs me all the time and I've just heard this recent, oh, just wait till they become a teenager. It's like, yeah, because they're going to grow. They're going to develop. They're going to have hormones and all of these things happening to their bodies. And if I'm a jerk, then they're going to be a jerk. And if they're being a jerk because of the changes that's happening and I reciprocate back with being a jerk, then it's just going to create this cycle where you're the adult and you're the one who's supposed to be calm and understanding. So every time somebody says, and I, it's like I, I just smile and nod because it's like this just cliched crap of like, and it comes from like everybody, well, I'll just say something about like how great my relationship is with my daughter or how much we like like to be around or how we can just chill and just read together or blah, blah, blah. Oh, just wait till she becomes a teenager. And it's just like, oh, like if you don't understand that they're going to go through that because of internal and external factors with the growth of their body, then you're the jerk. Your kid is not a jerk for being a jerk because they're trying to navigate all these changes. You're the a-hole for not understanding and being more calm and patient and kind and just sitting there while this happens and being a calm presence for them in this world of confusion and change and then hopefully setting it up so when this is happening they come talk to you about this confusion and change not make you part of the thing they're rebelling and pushing against which again they may do but be prepared for like it's just nuts to me so anyway so find the opportunities to see where your kids honestly trying to just explore the world or understand the world or push boundaries because that's what they want to do. And then try to raise this kid who understands that pushing boundaries is what makes you successful in life. Like, and again, a whole debate of, yes, there are people who passively just go through life or whatever, but 
I wish I had learned to push boundaries more. I wish that the choices I made were not seen as detrimentally destructive to the core of my being because it did hamper me. It did keep me from understanding that I have a voice and that maybe something I'm doing is good. It was just like, oh no, if I try or if I push this boundary, then it's going to end badly. So I just will sit here numb. And that's horrible. It's horrible to understand that. It's horrible that that happened, but it's also something that can be corrected now and finding those opportunities to say, hey, congratulations or good job or yes, you painted on the wall and you shouldn't do that, but that's great art. Like you are good art. Now let's figure out where to paint to make this better instead of screaming at them that you don't write on walls and that's bad and blah, 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 blah. Just say, okay, you did this thing. It happened. We're going to show you where to paint differently or in a different place or whatever, or even like I read this story recently. I can't remember the book, but there was something where these two little girls colored on a wall and then like, and this is totally fiction, but it was amazing. And then they grew up to become artists and stuff. And then the lady who owned the cabin that they had rented like every summer as two families actually cut that piece out of the wall and gave it to them. And instead of, and they ended up growing up to be artists, but her reaction in this book, which I'm just now kind of realizing based off what I read this morning in a care today was perfect because these, and again, fictional, but these two girls grew up to be artists. And this one lady who could have been like, how dare you destroy my house? There's a fee you have to pay now or whatever. She's like, that's amazing art. Like you two are going to grow up to be artists. And then in the story they did. And then she cut it out for him and said, Hey, you know, I had to destroy the house or that whatever, but I saved this art for you. And it's just like, that's what we should be doing as adults. That's what we should be promoting because we can paint over walls. We can clean them. We can do whatever, or we can be like, you know what? You started something cool. Let's keep going. This is the paint wall from now on. Don't paint anywhere else in the house because we're going to have one paint wall. And this is what we're going to do now. And it's like that different perspective and that different reaction to your kid as they stand there and look at you or think they didn't do anything wrong or they're like, oh, now I'm in trouble. And they don't get yelled at. They don't get screamed at. And then we think, oh, but then they're going to write on all. No, people can learn. It's ah. So anyway, obviously I'm passionate about this subject. So this is getting a little long, so I should probably break it up. But this is from the Robert Greene Daily Laws on February 11th. And the title of February 11th is Enter the Cycle of Accelerated Returns. That which we persist in doing becomes easier to do. Not that the nature of the thing has changed, but that our power to do has increased. Ralph Waldo Emerson. And then a highlight from within this is, even with skills that are primarily mental, such as computer programming or speaking a foreign language, it remains the case that we learn best through practice and repetition, the natural learning process. The more we speak and practice, the more fluent we become in a foreign language. We do not learn foreign languages through listening to computer programs. We do not learn foreign languages reading about it in a book. We learn foreign languages from immersing ourselves in it and doing it. That last part was me. And then the daily law at the bottom is everything worth doing has a learning curve. When it gets hard, remember the goal, reaching the cycle of accelerated returns. Now, if... We are teaching our kids from the start that the thing you tried, the thing you did, the thing you had an interest in was punished and beat down, then that's where it stops. Learning, trying, running, biking, whatever it is, 
when we put a barrier in the place, and we might not always even think about or remember the barrier we put in place by the way we reacted two months ago or five years ago, but when our kid is not wanting to do something or they're reacting poorly to something, think about what maybe happened to cause this. Stop trying to tell them, oh, you should do this, or oh, like this is the benefit or whatever. Like Think back and be like, where did maybe this go wrong that now we're struggling with this thing today? Whether at school, math, reading, getting outside and playing more. Like, What have I done to my kid to be like, oh yeah, when you were a baby, I just kept throwing you in front of the TV because that was easier for me, or I didn't want to deal with you while you were freaking out, and that always calmed you down, and now they're 8, 9, 10, 12, and they're just sitting in front of the TV, and they're like, well, you need to get out and play, and be like, every time I tried to, you yelled at me, told me it wasn't safe out there, and then threw me in front of the TV, so now you've killed this piece in me, and you don't build that natural habit. You don't build that return of getting them outside, of showing them the benefits of doing something, anything, whatever it is, and I do think a lot about... Um, as I raised my daughter, my sister with her kid, he started out liking uh, Ninja, American Warrior Ninja or whatever. And then like I remember one of the, the one birthday we went to of his, they had run out of place to do American Ninja Warrior because that's what he wanted. That's what he liked. They let him kind of climb around the house a little bit. I mean, did they probably wreck a door frame or two? Yeah, but he kept pushing himself and trying and learning. And then through all of this experimentation, through all of this not yelling at him for his interests is then he got into soccer and found a home and their reaction I think was pretty gosh darn good which was encouraging him to do soccer but it was just this building block of one thing after another where when he expressed an interest when there was something he liked it wasn't oh you can't do that oh you can't do that it was like no you have an interest in this or oh that's cool you're climbing like look how you can climb on the door frame that's amazing and it just kept not putting barriers in front of him and what do you want for your kid? Do you want to not have your door frame wrecked? Or do you want them to grow up pushing boundaries and trying and finding what they like? And as I read through the Robert Greene for February 11th, these are the habits we build. It's like when I was reading this at first, I was thinking like, oh, if I try to learn a foreign language, like this is the way to do it. But it's the habit of trying. It's building the habit of the habit. It's pushing themselves to learn through practice and repetition because we allowed that, we promoted that. And how many times have we stopped that from happening? How many times did we hinder them? And again, good intentions, let's say, I'm keeping them safe, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I'm also shooting them down and how can I approach this differently? My kid runs away from me, I find them, I scream at them, I yell at them, I spank them, I hit them, I do whatever, Not, I've never done that, never would. I'm just saying I've seen this. And then they just scream at the kid about how they shouldn't run away and how they did this or that without asking them, hey, what happened? Why did, what made you run away? What cut your, oh, okay, well, let's deal with that. Like, and then again, calmly talking to them about how that's cool. I get you saw a horse, but you need to stick with mom or dad. And if you see something you want, talk to me. Let's go see if we can figure this out together. Let's go see if we can do this together. And if they're not building that trust and that bond together of, you see something you want, so you run at it. Instead, I haven't taught you to come talk to me and say, hey, I saw this thing I like, can we go check it out? And then find the times in your schedule to do that. Find the time to say, hey, you know what? This was my plan, but let's go check this thing out instead because that seems to interest you because that's kind of our job. And I think we get caught up sometimes in hearing these things about, you know, this new wave of everybody gets a metal thing or whatever, and it's definitely not that. But where are you 
killing their curiosity and where you growing and showing them that curiosity is a good thing. And then when you're looking down the line at the way your kid's reacting or not talking to you or whatever, and I hear this, I've heard this my whole life of, oh, I just wish they would talk to me. And it's just like, well, you spent the first 10 years of their, your life teaching them not to talk to you. You spent all of this time punishing them, yelling at them. And I have a quote downstairs and I can't remember where I got it from, but I printed it out where like when you see these kids acting perfectly, when you see them, you know, calm, quiet, collected, blah, blah, blah being respectful the point of the quote is like probably because they've been conditioned or not in the best way that they're acting this way like they're not being good because you did a good thing to get them there it's you kept telling them that if they don't there's punishments associated and then you just kind of beat them into submission and then you're like oh look at how good my kid is and then you get that reinforced by society so then you feel like you're doing the right thing and then you wonder why you have a fractured relationship when you get older. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, this went way longer than I planned, but uh, I think we need to reassess how we're reacting to our kids at every stage. And when we have something that's not going the way we want it to or we think it should, go back and try to figure out where maybe you were the reason this went this way or this got hindered in a certain way because you might be able to correct that if you can pinpoint your reaction that caused that, their current behavior. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to A Better Father. I appreciate you being here, and uh, let's get back on schedule. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>